0: Instagram's now hiding like counts in the U.S. Facebook launches Facebook Pay, Google launching checking account services, and Twitter reveals details on political ads ban. It's Friday, November 22nd, 2019. All of that's coming up along the past couple of weeks' news quick hits on episode 386 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 386 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of braveadworld.com, which combines actionable insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wickard, and definitely coming at you at a weird time. Did not come out with an episode on Monday. Knew I was going to be taking a couple of weeks off for the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. So, yeah, a Friday episode kind of covering the last... I guess, week and a half's worth of, of news. So that's what's going on. Going to be taking a little break for the holiday, and we'll be back, obviously. But until then, I have a lot to talk about. Talking first about Instagram and like counts. So Instagram is starting to extend its test of hiding like counts in the U.S. to some users, at least. The test has actually been active in eight countries, including Canada, since As early as May of this year, according to Instagram, the goal is to take the pressure out of Instagram and, quote, make it less of a competition, give people more space to focus on connecting with people that they love, things that inspire them unquote. Ultimately, Instagram is making the case that, that removing these likes or removing the public view of like counts is a mental health initiative. And since the test is expanding, it must be seeing something positive. Uh, I think they would call the test off if they weren't. Instagram wouldn't be rolling this out if, if it hindered usage of the platform considerably. So it's probably safe to assume that users in test markets are using Instagram just as much without like counts as they did with them. So expanding to the U.S., like that's a pretty significant step uh, to determine if this goes any further. The larger question, though, is what this is actually going to do to improve mental health toll social media has on users, especially younger ones. Mark Zuckerberg, he's talked about wanting time with Facebook and its products to be what he calls, quote, time well spent. And removing like counts, it it's a step that's based on the premise that Instagram will become less of a competition as users sort of stop comparing their like counts to those of others, and it's gonna take pressure out of posting. It's difficult to see just how much removing like counts is actually going to do that. Users can, can still see who and how many likes their own posts received, So they'll be able to understand just how much their followers embraced their content or didn't. Comments are also going to remain public, and those will likely just become a new proxy for content popularity. And the very fact that that users compare their real lives to the curated lives that they see displayed in their social feeds, well, that's going to continue to be a means and a source of anxiety and self-esteem risk risks associated with, with the feed, whether the counts are there or not. So the ultimate marker of success for Facebook in hiding like counts will be declines in anxiety and depression. That's what they've said this is all about. And like I said, obviously, they're rolling this out to, to more countries, including the U.S., one of their primary markets. And I'm guessing they're doing this because they haven't seen it lead to a decline in usage of the platform. But the question is, has this led to a decline in social anxiety and depression linked to social media? And I don't know if Facebook can prove that or if they've been able to make that case with these tests so far. And until they really prove that, removing these likes, it's not really a step forward. It is a step taken by Facebook, but I just wonder, it's starting to feel a little bit a little bit like, like lip service coming from, from Facebook. All right. Well, let's jump to our next story and talk, continue to talk about Facebook. This one, Facebook Pay. So Facebook has launched a new feature for users to send payments to each other, and they do so without fees. The service is dubbed Facebook Pay. It launched on Messenger and Facebook, but Facebook also has plans to expand it to Instagram and WhatsApp. PayPal, they're actually partnering with Facebook for the feature, even though PayPal actually pulled out a participation in helping launch the Libra cryptocurrency. So. So this is not connected to Libra. PayPal is associated with it, though. As Facebook rules this out, though, they're emphasizing privacy. All payment data, it's going to be encrypted. It's going to be monitored for fraud. Facebook, as with everything they do right now, they're saying we're putting privacy first. And this is no different, at least in terms of what they're communicating with this rollout. Facebook already allows users to send money to each other on Messenger. So the big difference here is that Facebook will now allow users to send money between apps. So you'll be able to send money between WhatsApp and Instagram and vice versa. It's difficult to see, though, just how much potential Facebook pay has because it's definitely late to the transaction-free mobile payments game. Uh, we have Venmo. Uh, PayPal has already been out there. Uh, there's Square Pay, Facebook's pretty late to the party. One thing this will do, though, is it more fully integrates Facebook's ecosystem of apps, something that Facebook has really been saying it's been wanting to do, something that it's been working to do for the better part of a year. So another step of further integration that could actually make Facebook more difficult to break up should antitrust concerns continue to rise. So who knows? Maybe Facebook Pay isn't about just being this really successful feature, maybe it really is about linking together these apps and making Facebook harder to break up than it already is. All right, let's keep talking about these tech companies getting into transactions. So like, so not to be outdone by Facebook Pay or even Apple's credit card, Google is actually planning to launch checking accounts through its platform, Google Pay, Uh, next year. The offering dubbed Cache at this time, it would launch in partnership with Citigroup and Stanford University Credit Union. Checking accounts offer a lot of user data, which would be incredibly valuable to Google. And that's probably one of the main reasons why they're doing this is obviously Google is a data company. This is a great way for them to collect data. Although Google did claim that they do not have any plans to sell any of the financial data that it gathers about the the users of Cache. Uh, While there's been a lot of antitrust discussion around big tech companies, I think this is illustrating, as the previous story is illustrating, these companies are not slowing down. Big tech, it aims to get even bigger. They even want their hands in financial services. It is speculated, however, that they are going to face uh, quote, stiff political opposition, unquote, according to analysts from Cowan. That means we may start seeing Senate hear- hearings on Google's plans as soon as December. All right, the last story that I want to talk about is Twitter and their political ads ban. So a couple of weeks ago, Twitter announced that it would ban political ads from its platform, the opposite direction of Facebook, which had adopted more of a laissez-faire. Approach. Now we have details on what Twitter actually has in mind. Any content referencing candidates, political parties, elected or appointed government officials, elections, referendums, ballot measures, legislation, regulation, directives, or judicial outcomes, those are all banned. Beyond that, it plans to bring advertising into the light by making it less micro-targeted. So we're going to see issues-based ads. Those are going to be limited in just how targeted they can be, meaning there are going to be limitations to things like zip code and political affiliation targeting. Furthermore, we have for-profit companies. They're going to be able to continue to run awareness ads around issues, but what they won't be able to do is they won't be able to advocate for specific outcomes. Government officials, PACs, political nonprofits, candidates, and parties—they can't do—they can't do any of that. So we see for-profit companies actually having a little bit more freedom here. Uh, what Twitter laid out—it's clear for the most part, but I think it does show the very, very fine line, especially when it comes to interpretate interpreting what counts as an issues-based ad is. There will undoubtedly be tests to push just how much the limits that Twitter has set up, it's they're going to be tests to see how much those limits can be pushed. And Twitter acknowledged that trial and error are going to be part of the rollout of this new policy. And the line that Twitter has set, it just illustrates how complicated, how nuanced this space can be. When Twitter announced this, uh, I talked about the challenge is like Twitter coming out of this while it was celebrated and it's great to see that they're trying to do something. It's going to be really, really difficult to implement. So there's part of me that understands why Facebook has taken a hands-off approach. It's much easier. Twitter has taken the, the harder path, the path that is going to take a lot more work and as Twitter says, a lot more trial and error to figure out and hopefully we'll all be better off for it. All right, that is it for the past couple of weeks, main story. So now I'm going to hit just a few quick news, quick hits. That means I'm going to talk about a few other things that happened over the past couple of weeks at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. So First up, we have Yandex, which is commonly known as the Google of Russia. They've struck a deal to connect their ad network to TikTok. The move, it's one of TikTok's first to open up to third-party ad platforms, but it's in line with other efforts to offer more robust advertising capabilities. It's been working on developing tracking pixels, ad auction capabilities, and an audience network, all of which are pretty necessary for TikTok to compete more directly with platforms like Facebook. Disney Plus, it has officially launched, giving users access to more than 500 movies and 7,500 TV episodes from the Disney catalog. It costs $6.99 per month. Disney actually hopes to have 90 million global subscribers by 2024, and when it launched, it showed that it is well on its way to achieving that goal. TikTok is trying to hand trying its hand at social commerce, so some users are actually now able to add links to their bios and posts. These links they drive to products being the products being promoted. Others are even able to allow users to purchase products within TikTok itself. Now, TikTok already has a Shop Now feature in China, so it's likely the feature will be pretty ready for a full rollout in the US in the near future. TikTok would join others, including Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram in enabling shopping within its platform. Snapchat's joining Twitter in giving Facebook some side-eye over its political ads policy. It stated that it will actually be fact-checking political ads to stem the flow of misinformation. There will be human reviews for every ad on the platform, political or otherwise. And lastly, Amazon Music, they are expanding to allow for free music streaming on more platforms, including iPhone, Android, and Fire TVs. Now, previously, it was only available on the Amazon Echo, which means there's a lot more competition in the space. So the news naturally sent shares of Spotify down. Okay. That's it for episode 386 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I do want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments. Let me know what you you like. Let me know what you don't like to Brave Ad World. At gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at T That's T W I E G E R T. You can also check out braveadworld.com where I occasionally share my thoughts on marketing. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to take a, a week or so off from the podcast, but hopefully this will tide you over until then. And I hope if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. And I hope you have a great next couple of weeks otherwise. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.